What's up? It's Anthony Valadez. Welcome to another edition of Public Space Podcasts. Uh, getting ready for the holidays, on the run, bouncing between Hollywood and Venice. And yeah, it's kind of nice to be away from my hub and kind of do the podcast on the road. And this episode, we've got a very special guest, Hope Tala. She just dropped a beautiful EP and I'm a fan of her work. She's out of East London and we got to hang out right around prior to covid over at the beach, we uh, got some coffee and discussed her journey and her life and the evolution of her songwriting process. And she's amazing. Again, Hope Tala, I think she's somebody you're going to be hearing a lot of in the coming, maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to hearing an album. That's what I would like. Anyways, yeah, getting ready for the holidays. Maybe a road trip or two. As always, big ups to everybody who's been listening to this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. We still got a few more episodes coming up for this season, and I'm excited to share those, but it's been amazing. DJ Shadow, Coffee, Nilla for Yanya, our last episode. Definitely check that out. She just dropped a beautiful EP as well. All right. Salute to you. Be safe. Shout out to Stacey Carter for producing this amazing podcast. And let's get to know the one and only Hope Tala. Hey, everybody, it's Anthony Valadez. Today, we are hanging out with a very special artist. We're hanging out right off the beach. Hope Tala, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Super fun. This is definitely, I don't think I'll ever have an interview that tops this one. <laughs> Looking onto Venice Beach, the ocean, it's great. I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> There's so much I want to talk to you about. Congratulations on the EP, Sensitive Soul. Thank you so much. Um, such a beautiful body of work. Before we get into that, I want to take it a little back, further back. Uh, University of Bristol? Yes. Is that where you attended school? It is, yeah. Bristol has such an amazing history for music and sound. 100%. Yeah, it's got a great music scene. Um, not one that I was particularly connected to, I must admit, while I was there, mm -hmm. but... There were like great like I don't know clubs and music venues and a lot of my friends at university were into music in some way a lot, like a lot of DJs and stuff like that mm -hmm. so it's, it was really cool to be around that like it was definitely a creative hub which was really cool. Yeah, are you somewhat familiar? I think you said sorry. Uh, you weren't too familiar with the history of Bristol, or were you? No, I, it's more that I wasn't like super connected to the music scene there. Gotcha. Like I kind of knew I I always hear that Bristol has this amazing music scene and I mm -hmm. didn't necessarily. Because I was coming home to London, I was going home to London a lot to do, like to be in the studio and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I connected as much as I maybe wanted to with the Bristol music scene. But um, maybe in the future that will happen when I return back yeah. there. But yeah, it's a really cool, cool place. And what did you study there? I studied English literature. Um, yeah. And was music your plan A or plan B? I mean, I never really thought of it in those terms. Mm -hmm. I guess like it was... It was. It kind of went from plan B to plan A, or it went from no plan at all to plan A. <laughs> because yeah. when I started at university, I was putting demos on SoundCloud and doing music in quite like a small way for fun as a hobby on the side, mm. never thinking I would ever try and make a career out of it. Mm -hmm. And then um, while I was at university, started enjoying it more and more, and um, things, you know, started going better and better. And so I decided that I wanted to do it um, as a career, but. Yeah, and I mean, I love, like, as much as I love going to uni and I loved English literature, I don't have any passion that's greater than music and, like, writing songs and singing. I love it so much, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Based off that one answer, I have so many questions. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is the marriage of music and literature. What is that connection to you? Clearly, you're a songwriter, mm -hmm. but when you were able to connect songwriting to literature, was, was there a moment there? I mean, that is really one thing that fascinates me so much because um, for me, there's nothing there's nothing too different between 
uh, the lyrics of a song and a poem. I kind of see them as, a, as the same thing. One just has music behind it. And so I think the process of realizing that mm. um, and the process of growing as a we oh, are lots of we noise, are helicopter um, <laughs> Venice Beach growing as a lyricist and improving and I think noticing how much what I was reading and consuming in a literary sense mm. how much um, that con contributed to my songwriting has been like a really interesting thing to witness mm. um, and yeah I don't think my songwriting would be what it is without being exposed to amazing works of literature and reading loads so mm. yeah I really have like literature to thank for my my lyrics yeah you mentioned soundcloud as well mm -hmm. it's it's interesting at how many artists i talk to where you know i threw it up on soundcloud didn't know it was going to yeah. happen and then basically it has its own digital village right were you aware that you would eventually gather followers and fans through this platform not really i mean i kind of just put my first song up which is it's a demo called peace freestyle i just put that up on a whim um and the chords in that were chords that I'd used in um, a composition I did at school, like in my high school, mm. for, as part of, of my music grade. And then I like, I don't know, I took some of the chords that I liked and made new lyrics and uh, sorry, wrote new lyrics for it. And then just um, put it up on SoundCloud after like making the song at home. And it's kind of more just for like my friends to listen to it and just to like see how it went and then I just loved it and people liked it and I was like oh this is so cool I want to keep and then once you get the bug for writing songs and yeah. for doing music like you can't ever get rid of, of it you know once you have the bug um, you're kind of done for and <laughs> and you're obsessed and that kind of is what happened with me I just kept doing the SoundCloud thing and then um, met the producer who's done most of the music that's up on like Spotify and Apple music that I've done mm -hmm. um, so far last January and then we he like brought my music to light to life in a in a different way and like made it really what I wanted it to sound like. He's called Jamal Hadaway. He's an amazing guy and um, just has done some amazing production on my on my music. And I think um, yeah, so SoundCloud the SoundCloud days are kind of over in that way. But definitely the the kind of the magic that originated there, like I still hold with me and I still try and like find when I'm writing songs. So yeah. Mm -hmm. You mentioned chords because that's one of the things that stand out when I listen to your music. They're pretty amazing chords. Uh, it reminds me of there's this mixture of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's like 90s R&B soul mixed with bossa nova. Okay, that's like exactly how I feel too. Yeah. Really? Okay, good. I wasn't sure I was going to offend yeah. you by saying that. <laughs> no, I love both of those like genres of music, so that's really good to hear. Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with chords um, and I'm really particular about the causes in my music. Mm. And um, I actually, I mean, I did grow up, grow up listening to Bossa Nova in a small way because my mum really likes it. But I haven't listened, I, like I never listened to it loads and loads. It was never the like prevalent genre in my household or anything. Um, and I think the Bossa Nova influence kind of came from the fact that a lot of my favorite um, like R&B pop songs have very much like Bossa Nova or Latin influence chords. So think of something like Senorita by Justin Timberlake which is one of my favorite songs of all time the chords in that or like um Beautiful by Snoop Dogg Signs by Snoop and Justin Timberlake uh One Thing by Amory those are all like some of my favorite songs ever and I feel like they're kind of in a small way influenced mm -hmm. by I mean they have like quite bossa nova chords and so mm -hmm. when I like got into bossa nova music in a bigger way more recently um I really just like loved it and could really relate to I think the lyricism also bossa nova music is amazing 
I love that you're really interested in the idea of changing uh, genders versus traditionalism in, in your music. And growing up, who were some of the folks that inspired you to challenge the norm? Challenging the norm. Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, who inspired me to challenge the norm? I think like some musical influences, I think. I mean, rap music, I, I love rap and I think that is inherently a like a rebellious genre of music. And it's always, even if it's mainstream, it's in some way going against the mainstream. Because, I mean, rap music is so mainstream now, it's so popular and it's really dominating like music at the moment mm. and, and has been for a while. But I think because of its social messages um, and its sort of like, I mean, use of swear words and all these things about it make it, make mm -hmm. it kind of rebellious and so yeah i would i would say like rap music as a genre in general mm. um but who else encouraged me to go against the norm um for mm. me personally it's been comedians oh, okay and some so yeah it could be outside of music it could be architecture it could be a book i don't really keep up with comedians because yeah. i have the worst sense of humor ever and i never find anything <laughs> funny that like is supposed <laughs> to be funny and then i find things aren't supposed to be funny funny but yeah. that's just me um <laughs> i feel like i have to think more about this question that's such like a yeah. a I mean, big one i think you nailed it i think hip-hop and rap hip-hop and rap i feel like there's individuals i could mention um one of my favorite musicians artists is um is tracy thorne of everything but the girl the english duo mm -hmm. uh band whatever you want to call them and um i read her book I want to say either earlier this year or last year she has a few books out but I read um, like the first one she brought out and what really fascinates me about her and something that I can relate to about her is the fact that she um, doesn't have like her, her voice is really like quite quiet and soft but people still think it's amazing and I think I don't I, I have quite like a, a narrow range and I think my voice isn't like particularly powerful but there's still power in being like subtle and I think someone like her really like it's amazing to me because she has had so much success and she has still a beautiful voice but it's not like a sort of like Beyonce or Mar Mariah Carey like massive yeah. belting voice and so yeah I guess that's kind of a, like goes against the norm in, in some ways and so yeah she's great Tracy Thorne go and listen to her. my favorite song is um, each and every one from the album Eden so yeah, mm. go and listen to that. It's good. It's a good song. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> Hope Tala, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for swinging through. Thanks for having me. Okay, have a great day. You do. <laughs> Enjoy the sunset. <laughs> Public Space is a production of Next Chapter Podcasts. NCP elevates bold, authentic voices to enlighten and inspire audiences seeking truth and human connection. Check out ncpodcast.com. All right, everybody, we're out. Stay tuned. Follow us on socials. Find me at Anthony Valadez and uh, more episodes coming your way. Have a great week. Peace.